Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to February's edition of Corporate Coffee. I'm so glad that you decided to hang out with us. We have a little something different for you this time. So, you know, you kind of have to switch stuff up uh, every now and then, keep it fresh, right? Um, I appreciate all who have decided to take this journey, and we know that great things are ahead for 2021. 2020 is gone, guys, you know, but we've got to move forward and forge our 2021. So audience, in the past, we've asked to see your shining, glowing faces, but today we ask that you turn your cameras off, just the audience, and mute yourselves at this time. If you have any questions or comments, please put them in the chat. As a reminder, this discussion is being recorded and it will be uploaded to the Corporate Coffee podcast. So you may ask, what is Corporate Coffee? So Corporate Coffee is an education, empowerment, and networking group comprised of women of color and corporate with a purpose to propel us into positions of power, which also is representation, and we mentor others through our representation. Some of our previous topics include personal finance, double consciousness, um, improving our focus, health and wellness in our communities, and the intersection of relationship and careers. So hanging on that intersection of relationship and careers, we're going to segue into the relationship part of that. So in the spirit of Valentine's Day, uh, we've handpicked a phenomenal panel of singles across the country to discuss some real topics around dating and relationships. Again, this is a raw conversation. So this is, this is for grown folks. Tell the kids to leave the room right now. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you that warning in advance. Uh, each panelist has agreed to be respectful and to provide us with their honest truth. And I ask that the audience do the same. Uh, some of the topics and responses may be somewhat triggering, but we ask that everyone listen objectively. I wanna make this clear, and I told this to the panelists before, and I wanna share this with the collective. This is not bashing. This is not male bashing. This is not woman bashing. This is open and honest conversation based on your experience and opinions. So you'll see that we, in the panel, we have a cross-section of society and that was purposely done. Uh, we wanted the experience to be a, a wide array and to include a wide array of people. We'll start with Noel. Um, Noel is in uh, Philadelphia, and she is in the nonprofit sector. All right, and then we'll go to Donovan. Mr. Donovan, thank you for joining us. Um, Donovan is in Houston, Texas, and he is in the oil and gas industry. Next, we'll go to Story. Miss Story, how are you? Story is in San Antonio, Texas. And she is in the uh, counseling arena, counseling field. Next, we have Miss Mary in um, Texas, and she's in the insurance industry. We have Marilyn joining. Marilyn is um, originally from Qatar, but is currently in Dallas. And so she's a student right now. Thank you for joining. Ricardo. Thank you. Thank you. So Ricardo is in Georgia and he is in the insurance industry. Miss Claire, you're next. Claire is in Iowa and she's in the insurance industry. Um, Mr. Bilal, um, Bilal is in 
Houston, Texas, and he is in the finance industry. All right, next we have Ann Christie. Ann Christie, thank you. Ann Christie's joining us also from Georgia and she's in the insurance industry. Right, we got Toyan. Toyan is in Texas, she's in the healthcare industry. And we have Miss Ricky. Ricky is in Texas and she is also in the insurance industry. All right, and that will uh, round out our panel. My first uh, topic that I, I would like to just discuss and jump in is in putting together this panel, I had an overwhelming response from women. It was a little bit more difficult to um, get men to be willing to talk. Why do you feel it was more difficult to get men panelists than women? Uh, I think perhaps it's a little more difficult for, for men to want to openly discuss something like love and relationships um, in such a public setting. And I think sometimes it can be a little more difficult for men to be honest and open, um, certainly in a public setting. Um, I think I'll ditto that. Um, but I also, I also think, well, no, but I, I'll add to it. I also think that um, as men, you know, it's a, it's a uniquely cultural thing for <clears throat> for men to uh, not to want to express themselves. Um, yeah, I I, I think um, man, just just growing up, you know, we were always taught to to be yeah, I'm tough. Don't cry. Don't express yourself. Uh, I don't necessarily subscribe to all of that. Um, that's why I'm here. I think maybe one of the reasons I think, and this is different from every uh, all the panelists, is maybe we are camera shy. <laughs> so that's uh, that's one thing I can think of. Maybe not you, if we were asking you to talk about your technical expertise, right? Yeah. All the other panels that we get are mostly men, men. right? Yeah. In a business setting. You know, yeah. you can turn the camera off, right? Yeah. Oh. I mean, and then look at the topic, look at the topic. I mean, it seems to be something that stereotypically women talk more about. I mean, I don't know. I hang out with a bunch of men. So, I mean, we talk about the same thing. So, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the topic. It's a lot, a lot, you know, easier for a woman to show up and be like, yes, I have a lot to say. <laughs> I mean, but what man wouldn't want to sit in a panel with a group of beautiful women? talking about their emotions so we can get an inside idea as to how you guys think, right? They're not as enlightened as you are, so. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I also think like the holiday itself. I mean, we, we think about Valentine's Day and you think about, you know, like a, a guy getting a girl gift or, you know, it's not necessarily, um, it doesn't go both ways, I guess, in society. It's more of like doing something for other people. And so I think um, maybe men just feel like this isn't about them. Um, and so it's more difficult for them to want to, you know, have that conversation when it's not necessarily their place. That's what, my view of how they feel. Right, right. Women, would you date a man who has previously slept with another man? I'm going to mute. <laughs> <laughs> 
no. Nope. No. It's, I think it's just so unfortunate that the answer, it is a no for me as well, but I think it's just so unfortunate and slightly hypocritical of women exactly. to think this yeah. way because a lot of the women who say no have slept with another woman. Yes. <laughs> so, but it's, it's, and you know, we've had, I know I've had this discussion with, with many friends um, already. We understand that it's hypocritical, but there's something that it does to the masculinity of the men when we know that this is something that has happened. For me, I think it removes some of his masculinity, which is what I am attracted to, versus a woman sleeping with another woman does not diminish her femininity at all. Um, that's a double standard. It is not, it's completely hypocritical. And um, I was in a position like this actually, where I was seeing this guy um, a couple of years ago and he told me that something like this had happened and I just couldn't do anything. Like that was it for me. And I completely understanding that it was hypocritical. Can I interject? Could it, sure. what if it wasn't a situation where it was a consensual relationship? What if it was a man who's been sexually abused and he confided that in you? Does that change the dynamic? For me, it doesn't. For me, for me it doesn't. Okay. Okay. Hey, may I ask why? Why does not, why doesn't that change the dynamic Thank for you? you? Because I think he, because I think, first of all, he wasn't consent, it wasn't a consensual thing. So it's not something that he was looking for versus for me, there's something strange about, and also I think it affects um, my self, self-confidence. Why is it that you're looking for in a man? Like I cannot compete with that, right? If you find another man attractive, then I can't compete with that versus a man who was sexually abused by a man or a woman was completely like it, he, he was in a victimized position, right? Okay, I'm, mis I'm sorry, maybe I misunderstood your response. I thought you were responding to the fact that if a man was sexually abused, um, maybe in prison or even just as a teenager, um, it sounded like you, your response was, it doesn't matter if he was sexually abused or not. Oh, no, actually I would not not be with this man because he was sexually abused. Gotcha, okay, okay. Right. okay. Mm -hmm. it's, mm. it's interesting and you know, it's not, it's not right. something I've ever um, contemplated uh, or been in a situation to contemplate, um, but I, I've had friends who, um, you know, have a male friends who have thought they were um, gay and had uh, gay relationships and now are, are, you know, married to a female with children. Um, and certainly their, their wives know that. And, you know, I, I don't think I've looked at my friends differently um, other than to now know that um, he would entertain being sexually attracted to me where before I didn't know whether or not that would affect uh, my my interest in in somebody. I that's a really great question. Yeah, I don't know. How cute are they? I, I'd like to go against. <laughs> I'd like to you know. I'd like to go against Wayne and say that I I probably would. Um, I probably would date somebody who has. Um, I, again, I don't know everybody's sexual past history and whatever they're willing to share with me, then I have to take it face value. I don't know if the men that I've been with before have been with a man. I've never really thought to ask. It's not been my place. Um, 
I, I don't know. And, and then again, too, I would feel in this day and age, if a man were to ask me, I mean, I don't want them to assume I've been with a woman. Um, but I mean, if I don't know, I, and again, I am a very sex positive person. So I believe in a, a person's choice to whatever kink turns them on as long as it's consensual. I mean, I don't know. So I would I would probably yeah, I probably would sleep with a man who slept with a man before. Well, Maybe I have let me kick this to the, um, let me kick this to the guys real quick. I'm gonna switch it up. Guys, how do you feel if a woman's told you I've slept with a woman in the past? Is that a problem for you? So uh, it's it's interesting you asked that because I, I immediately thought um, back to when I was dating someone who, as we were dating, started telling me that um, she started learning more about herself and and she considered that maybe she might be bisexual, she might be attracted to other women, and. I mean, I, I'm an open person, um, but it, it was it was initially difficult because now I'm thinking like, oh man, now I'm jealous of guys and girls. Like, so it's it's definitely something that that it's it, it's only more difficult because there's other people you have to be jealous about. I think for me, um, it's not like it's not a, a deal breaker. Okay. All, All right. right. So. Oh. Go ahead, Donovan. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Um, <clears throat> maybe 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, that probably would have been something that turned me on. Uh, another woman sleeping with another, another a woman sleeping with, with another woman. Um, but I tend to, just because of how I feel, um, my moral compass, um, that thing for me is, 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 is damn near a, uh, a non-starter. Excuse my French, I'm sorry. I mean, but um, because I need, I need for you to know who you are, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and if you you know you go on one side of the fence, coming back uh, to my side, well, mm -hmm. to me that tells me you're a little confused about who you are, and I can't I can't deal with people that that just that flounder. Mm -hmm. uh, Bilal, can you chime in on this one? Well, I actually went through this, and it wasn't much of a deal breaker for me either. I'm just surprised, like you know, just listening to these various you know interactions and I feel like sometimes like we it's hypocritical if we do the same because we are kind of excluding one group just because they slept with someone else so I think uh, in this day and age we should be a little more open-minded but having said that yeah I agree with Donovan where he's like yeah there's a moral compass argument and I could see why it would come but like for me it's not a deal breaker but I could see why it would be deal breaker for other people Got it. Thank you. Okay, so with this next question, I'm going to pull in. I want Mary, Claire, and Toyan to chime in on this question. And then we'll open it up to the broader collective. Sex on the first date. Toyan here? I say no. <laughs> you say no? Okay, why? I say no. I say no because I think. What I've noticed about men in dating, um, they are willing participants, but they still judge. So they'll be like, yeah, let's do it. And then after the fact, you're still considered maybe a slut or whatever the case may be. Um, so I would say the only reason why if you do do it, just be willing to date, you know, face the consequences, meaning the man may never call you again. The man, the man may never take you serious again and be okay with that and, be, and have a certain level of maturity of going about it. But if you're looking for long term, I would say it's best not to. Um, I would say, you know, it's not something you plan for, but sometimes it happens. 
you know. <laughs> and I'm so just, I definitely <laughs> sometimes things happen. I, I don't think it's intentional, but hey, you know, you never know. I mean, I think there's a different cases where there are some people who do it on the first night and then they're married for 20, 30 years. Um, so I definitely think it's a case by case basis. Yeah, I'm gonna have to second that. I think that it does happen, whether you're planning for it or not. Then again, I also like, I guess when I'm going out on a first date, I've done my homework on the person. So if it's gonna happen, I'm okay with it by that point. Okay, guys, um, let's have the guys uh, response. <laughs> let's start with Ricardo. If woman has sex with you on the first date, like what? Are you like, yeah, or are you like, mm, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I think you can't discount like the societal pressures of, of that. But I think for me, it's what Mary said. It's a case by case basis. Um, if you really hit it off and, you know, you end up spending the night and it one thing leads to another, you know, then so be it. But I think there is a stigma of like, you know, the one night stand and, and what that means and for the guy and for the girl. But I think more so for the girl. Um, unfortunately, we live in a society like that, but I think we need to be honest about it. And and it's something that happens. And, and it, if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, you know, on to the next person. <laughs> next on the rotation. <laughs> you laugh? Next. Can you chime in on that? Well, it's, a, it's such a hard question. Like, I mean, as everybody said, it's case by case basis, but it has happened. And I think it becomes really awkward then because like, think about the next day, how it would be like, are we friends? Are we lovers? Like, where does this lead? So just leading- Why are we still hung up on titles? Hmm? No, I just said, why are we still hung up on titles? But that was just my interjection, sorry. I don't yeah. think <laughs> but I'm saying like, just think, think about it that way. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's super like, it has happened, you know? And so you're thinking about the next day, like, you know, like how would it be like what if you it things just go out out of whack you know and just it just happens spontaneously you know and the next day like you kind of have to uncover uh uncover the personality and you're like okay i mean what happened it could have been just chemistry because at the end of the day sex is just very much chemical you know and biological correct and yeah. right after that like you haven't gotten to know the person because if it's that quick you know then kind of when you're unpeeling that person, like the personality of the other person is like, I, I don't think I can stay with that person. Then then what's next? So mm -hmm. it always becomes a really awkward interaction. Okay. And so, I mean, you kind of like, and that person could be like a very nice person. And you kind of just, you say yes, are you then opening yourself to a bad relationship? Or if you're not saying no, then you're losing a friend in case if you want to be friends. So I don't know if so. For me, it's a very, very case by case basis. Or if it's not good, you like, hey, at least I ain't waste my time anymore. And if yes. it is good, next day, like, hey, you want to go? Have the next day, it's like, hey, you want to, <laughs> you want to come over again? <laughs> Donovan, I Donovan, I gotta get you. I, gotta <laughs> I cook. Hey, I ordered DoorDash. <laughs> so, all right, all right. So listen, okay, um, man. This is this is um, this is interesting. So the uh, the infamous one night stand. Everybody here, we're all adults, and if that one night stand, if it's good, women, 
Um, if you're not faking your orgasm, um, you're going to probably want to figure out if this guy's a keeper. Guys, if if this woman is is about her business, you're going to want to try to figure out if she's a keeper. And that's just what it is. I mean, sometimes it goes good, sometimes it goes bad. And let's just be honest about it, right? Um, and so um, <laughs> I think I'm at age right now. I'm not going to. I'm not going to judge a woman because we had a few drinks and the sexual energy was, was, was so thick. You cut it with a knife and, you know, we wound up wherever. Right. And if she's happy, I'm happy. Well, let's figure out if we can go beyond that physical thing. Right. And if it doesn't happen, well, at least, you know, um, for a woman, you were satisfied. At least I know as a man, almost regardless to who the woman is, I'm going to get mine anyway. So there it is. And we're getting ours anyway, too. So it's a two-way street. What is so that? Win-win. What is that? Oh, you, oh, you're right. I mean, it's... it's it's the women, I mean, don't, don't just right. don't just think it's just the men who can walk away going, damn, I hit that. Women do it too. I walk away going, ma. So and, and and the crazy thing about that is you are so right. Um, there are more women, and maybe it's because I'm just getting older and meeting different women or whatever, but I've seen and I've heard many women say that exact same thing mm-hmm. i got mine say did you get yours i, got my, I mean and, and it's right. not it's not a way yeah and it's not a way to be like no I, I don't mean it i think i come off a lot of times people as and i know too much but i just i i'm very expressive and so if i'm liking somebody and we hit the and the chemistry's there i mean we're consenting adults i see that brian has joined thank you for joining brian brian is in Texas, and he is in the healthcare industry. So Brian will be chiming in on these questions as well. Next question. Okay, so this one, I'm gonna hit up Ricky and Christy and Marilyn. These are my women that I want for this question. Okay, how do you feel about polyamorous relationships? And do you believe that monogamy is sustainable for the lifetime of a relationship? This is a great question. This is definitely a question that I, this is definitely a subject that I touch on all the time. I personally don't believe that polyamorous relationships are sustainable because I feel like not often do I find that the two parties are actually in it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Many times I find women in it because they just simply want to keep their man or keep their man happy and therefore they're not happy. Uh, and they think that, that oh, I'm cool or I'm not insecure, but that has nothing to do with it. Um, so I don't believe that polyamorous relationships in general, not to say there are some exceptions, of course, which I know of. Well, I still don't think it's working, but um, I, I do believe that there are exceptions. Uh, but in general, I don't believe that polyamorous relationships are sustainable. Now, as for monogamous relationships, Again, I think the same way some people in your lifetime for a season or for a lifetime, I think some relationships are lifetime relationships and some of them are not. Um, So in terms of being monogamous, you can be monogamous with someone for two years and then it doesn't work out. Some of them, it's like 25 year relationships. And my personal opinion is intimacy is something that is shared between two people at a time. And it's something that is so precious, well, so deep and so intense that it's something that needs to stay between two people at a time for it to be sustainable and healthy for both parties. That's just what I believe. 
Okay, Ricky, can you chime in on this? Polyamorous. Um, it's a no. It's a no for me. Um, I basically would echo this, the last comments that were made. Um, I am, you know, when, when I'm with someone, I'm all in. So mm -hmm. it is you, I focus on you. And I just, I, I don't want to make the space to have to try to focus on two people and then try to figure out the, the dynamic of what we're doing. And then, you know, at, at the beginning and the end of the day, my, like my grandmother has said, mad day is going to come. So at some point, you know, things can get misconstrued. Someone who thought that this started out being okay. Now, you know, what if the other two parties develop deeper feelings and they just want to, you know, it, th there's so many lines that can be blurred. And I just feel like, you know, let's, let's, let's keep it simple. I date you, you date me. We're monogamous. If it doesn't work, it's okay. You know, and we move on. But I just, I just don't want to have or create the space for, to try to figure out how we unblur these lines. It's just a no for me. Okay, Marilyn. I think I'm more of a monogamous that person. So obviously polymerase is not like an option for me. But uh, yeah, like I think how the other two uh, said about what it is all about. I think I would I would agree with that as well because uh, I mean it takes time for one person. At least it takes time for me to know someone and to know more than one person in a relationship. That takes a lot of effort and the time, and I don't think I have that time and effort at the moment. I can't put in so much. Also, I just feel it's just that sense of security in a relationship that you're looking for. So. In that, in a monogamous relationship, I feel like I can um, take time to understand the person and probably have that or build that up with that person. But when it's more than one, there's there's a lot of risk involved. But your feelings getting hurt, or you know, things going beyond just um, what you are hoping or imagining for it to be. So um, I would not. I would say no to polyamorous and the, yeah, yes to monogamous. Okay, so the consensus among the women that were polled say, no, I'm going to hop to the men. And then, um, so we'll get them. We're going to start with Brian with the same question. What do you think about a polyamorous relationship versus monogamy? I'm sorry, can I repeat that? You cut off. Oh, yeah, no problem. Polyamorous, what's your opinion on them versus monogamy? Um, me personally? I, it's not for me, <laughs> um, but if people want to, they can, but on a long-term, like, um, what's TT, uh, like she said, it, uh, yeah, she, like she said, it is, uh, there's some, there are some exceptions, but for the long-term, um, I don't think it's actually sustainable, but mono monogamous for sure. Monogamous, all right. Um, let's hop to um, Bilal. All right, so I have a very nerdy answer to this. <laughs> I feel like having a polyamorous relationship is more like an exponential equation. Like it's just becomes, it's hard enough to have one woman, imagine. Yeah. Like yeah. dealing with like two and three. So let's say I'm just doing a backward math. Like if I'm fully employed and I work, you know, I'm like doing eight to 10 hours of work each day. Okay, and then eight hours of sleep. Okay, so 18 hours, they're gone, okay? Let's say you do other activities, like literally 20 hours of your day are gone. So you literally have four hours. Now, if you want to give the woman like 
two hours of quality time or maybe one and a half hours of quality time, just one woman, okay? You can, you can bear like that's, and that's like very hypothetical, okay? This is just a backward math, okay? That's now having two of them, it's like you're looking at three hours, like at max, you cannot, even in a polyamorous, you cannot do more than three. And this is just being very conservative, okay? Now, I mean, from my perspective, it's hard enough to hold on to one woman, like doing it with two or three or four is just, as I said, exponentially hard. And <laughs> yeah. so I don't know how, like in my right mind, I don't know how it would even work. Like I'm just like what I'm just validating what everybody else is saying. I'm just saying mathematically, it's just not possible oh. to do it, you know? Donovan, so, with that. And then I'm going to go to Ricardo. All right. So <laughs> I'm just done with my answer. So uh, thank you. Hey, Bilal, um, you, you're a good man in my book, brother. Um, it, it is that polyamorous stuff. Um, I, I like to keep those words out of my vocabulary. Um, I just, I don't work well like that. Um, hell, I have a hard enough time just paying attention to myself, mm -hmm. uh, let alone um, two, three or four women. Uh, I'm not that dude. I mean, just give me one woman. Um, we can, we don't have to put a title on it. We don't have to put put it in a box, um, we'll just let it flow. Um, and if you're good, I'm good. And we'll see where things go. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Stuff, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like uh, supporting like what everybody's saying is just not possible because, and this is just a simple math. I did not even include like, okay, if you want to read book, you want to do anything outside. Just <laughs> like, you know, just like, you know, I just said like work and sleep, you know, and yeah. you know, <laughs> Like no bathroom, <laughs> no, you know. It's in, in, in a weird way, like kind of being single adds into that equation because you're like, well, I really do like all this time to myself a little bit, and then to have to share this time, I'm just. Okay. But you're you're so right. I mean, the way you break it down, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who has time? Who has time? It's there's no, it's, there's it's, no room for error, even if you want to do it. There's no room for error. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. That's why I don't even date. That's why I don't even date. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm just being objective about it. I'm not trying to say it's like good or bad or ugly mm -hmm. or whatever. I'm just right. being objective about it. Okay, Ricardo, let's weigh in on this. Polyamorous or monogamy? I think it's interesting hearing everyone's response just because I, I remember reading a lot last year about how monogamy is dead and, and especially young people are less uh, open to getting married and, and establishing families and everyone wants to focus on their careers and, and other things that, that didn't matter as much um, as, as, it do, as it does now. But um, for me personally, I, I think I would just echo with what everyone was saying. Um, but I do think it's interesting how, when I talk to young people, they're less inclined to sort of go into these long-term relationships and, and, and marriages. And that's not really um, as, as common as, as people, as it was back in the day to have that sort of in their plan. Um, and I think too, also, you know, we think of polyamory as having one person dating other people, but it could also be other things like being in an open relationship. Um, and I think it's interesting how um, you know, especially when you're working um, long distance and working remotely, I think that that's something that more people are considering um, as we start to live separately in, in this world. So, but me personally, it's not really something that I, uh, I'm inclined to, to do or to participate in. Um, I like to focus on one. And as Bilal just said, it's, it's mathematically impossible. <laughs> you know, Sometimes. it's interesting that everyone on, on the call is saying, no, no, no. Because out here in these dating streets, I get asked this question a lot, you know, and so um, it's just it's just the dynamic of it. Um, 
as we think about relationships and these days and how easy it is to access people from all over the United States, you know, whereas before our moms and dads or grandparents, you had to know someone or you had to go somewhere and meet them. Now with all of this opened up, it's almost like there's a buffet of, of choices, right? So it's like, oh, let me grab this one, let me grab that one. So does that kind of skew our opinion of monogamy these days? You know, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, topic. Okay, so we're gonna move on to a question. This is kind of a fun question and I, um, I want you guys to chime in on it. I wanted to find a question that combined technology and dating Okay, so here's the question. If AI technology were to um, evolve today and you had the option for an AI partner, would you choose that over a human partner? No. Wait, is it like a fully functioning AI? Like yeah. is it a body or am I yeah. talking to a screen? Cause that's a big difference. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean the AI- Is it a whole her situation? Oh, wow. Hard no, no. Nope. I think Black Mirror had one. I think Black Mirror had an episode like that, or they, if they didn't, they, you know, they probably should. Yes. No. 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 I don't know. For me, it's a. It's 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 a. I don't know. I think. Um, I. I like. I like predictability. I don't know. I think it's easy to. <laughs> it's easier to navigate. Let's say a work situation. And the reason why it's easy to navigate work situations some most of the time is because everybody's abiding by the same rules and following the same the same you know th there's an agreement there's agreement and then a set of rules and i think possibly when you're getting into a situation with an ai you are able to control <laughs> what you get right better now what if that ai previously that slept with another guy <laughs> What that happened on Black Mirror? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they actually it, did. It sure did happen on Black episode. Mirror. I don't well know about these video games now. Now I question yes, exactly the video games one. <laughs> no, that's such a good question. But I think again, because it dehumanizes it, the AI is dehumanized. I think all of the different aspects of you, you, you know, the humanity, the, the human aspect of it, because now it's gone. You you, you don't even treat the AI as uh, AI as your equal. I don't know that you necessarily believe that the AI can potentially hurt your feelings, although it can, it may. But what um, about touch? What about what about human touch? What about human like well, my the love AI does that? Well, like you, you gotta you well, gotta how how is that like you're gonna well, rub against well, no, no. Well, I, I guess it really means like an actual robot in the shape of a person, right, Tony? Correct, correct. So exactly. I mean, so you fully totally functional. About. Yes, yes. It's just that it doesn't have a heart. Think of sex doll. 2050 you know this is yeah what we're going for here so just imagine if that was available today i'm curious to see what the guys would think you know because statistically if you look at the numbers the sex dolls you know that are being sold are you know more over purchased by men you know yeah. <laughs> you know uh, you know if there were a fully functional ai woman you know is a whole a whole that's, that's oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. A hole is not a hole. I don't care. You know, I think Luther had a song a, a while ago talking about a home is not a home. No, a <laughs> hole is not a hole. It's not. No. But where is she back? 
though. What if she bad? Like, I mean, you know what? You can never get that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, intelligence. You can learn every move in the book. <laughs> <laughs> you can program her. <laughs> no, I, I, I have to uh, strongly disagree. Um, yeah. Okay. No, I think I, I think it would be the beginning of the end of humankind, I believe, mm -hmm. because human interaction is the basis of, of life, I believe, human relationships. And once we disintegrate that and start develop, you know, and, and replace them with something that is not human, I think humanity would go into a different space. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I think it's a cop out. I think it's, it, 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 it assumes that it makes things easier. It's a cop out. Um, because human interactions are the big, we are, I, I believe that we are on this planet to form and develop relationships and they are difficult for a reason is to make, keep us mindful and to keep us uh, aware and to keep us on our toes. Mm -hmm. And once we, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like people who develop, who decide not to have relationships with people and have cats and dogs, but it's not that cats and dogs are not good companions, but they cannot replace human interaction, but people have done that as a cop-out right as a way to protect their feelings and i think we are meant to go out there and get our feelings hurt to grow and, and develop and evolve so ultimately i don't i think it would be the end of humanity if that were to happen okay so it sounds like a great business idea for the, all of us to collectively uh get in on though right right yeah. <laughs> we're looking at the next set of millionaires here hey hey but, hey, but tony let me say something real quick yes. you said men are the overwhelming um consumers of those dolls mm -hmm. i think women are the overwhelming consumers of those little toys also right indeed indeed and i have those too and those as well break 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 up human interactions i've met men actually who i hope this is one of the questions tony because i've met men who have had sexual dysfunctions because of an excess an excessive amount not necessarily an excessive amount of porn watching but basically replacing their human interaction with porn watching and it you know when they're in front of you they just can't do anything because they're they're just completely disconnected from human interaction and i think for women as well using those to sex toys it can certainly um curtail the pleasure that you can have with the actual man uh ricky um let me i'm gonna pull you in on this one uh let's hear what you have to say about this about oh well i i don't have sex toys um because for two reasons i have two daughters and it has always been my fear that they would go in my closet and come up mommy what's this so which is we're not gonna do that like i don't even know how to explain that so um but number two i'm i'm we are hardwired for intimacy mm -hmm. um and i don't want to lose that with a sex toy um, even, even after you would use a sex toy, then I'm the type of person I'm still looking for the smell of a man, the touch of a man, the, the deep voice, the beard, the, I want to be held. I want there to be more than just an orgasm. So I, I just, it's never been anything that I've been into because if I'm going to get intimate, I, I need I need a whole package. I don't want a value meal. I don't want just the six piece nuggets. I want everything. I want the eleven course meal with the tour of the kitchen at the end. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and 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 I want to know what we are after something. No, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, no. He's telling you what you are. 
Why? You know, see, like, like I use, I use my skill in, uh, I'm not that I'm skilled, no, but I use what I know in psychology and I use basic male instinct to help me in my dating world. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm this skilled dater. No, I've, I, this is the first time I'm single since I've been 16. I mean, I was married at 22. I got divorced at 35. I got into a rebound relationship. And that lasted, you know, a few years. And now I'm single and I'm hitting the eight month mark of ever since being 16 of being single. And so this is this is um, an experiment, an experience for me. And I'm not saying that I'm going and hoeing it out. No, that was when I first got divorced. I was on Tinder then. Now I've I've I've, I've evolved. I'm using like like I'm on Bumble now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not looking for, I can go outside and get sex anywhere. I'm looking for somebody, I'm looking for deeper things. But at the same time, I'm, I'm valuing being single at 43. Mm -hmm. I'm valuing being single with six children. I'm valuing being single as a professional woman, as a Latina woman. I'm valuing being single and harnessing my power. But anyhow, go back to using psychology and what you know about men. I mean, men are visual learner. Men are visual right off the bat. What they see, and, and they're attracted to a variety of things. We as women are like, why did he like her? Because he does, you know? And sometimes I hang out with a bunch of men and I, and I listen to what they say. And a man is telling you what he's telling you. We as women want a whole diatribe. We want, well, why are you telling me that? And then we want you to break it down. But men are like, I'm telling you, I'm showing you what you're saying. We want, we want it broken down. We want it like, okay, but, but tell me, tell me, tell me why you're telling. Okay, Brian, I'm going to let you hit the last piece of this question, the AI versus human interaction. And we're going to jump to another question. So go ahead. Okay. Um, I believe like technology like will advance like to that not to that ad advancement. Um, it's all it's all really about preference in my opinion. Like if the AI is able to stimulate everything that you need, like sexual, like they might even be able to like program like some type of background uh story for them. You know, like this is where they came from. This is like you know what they as themselves like are as an AI like you can compare that to a normal human uh, normal uh, man like maybe they um, like come from like a small town like some sort of like some type of a uh, background story but um, I just really think it's all about preference if you if you crave that actual human interaction that's what's going to be but I do think um, AI will like somewhat dominate in the future yeah. Um, I want to open the floor up to the audience. So audience, if there is a question that you have for the panelists or that or, or a topic that you want to bring up, could you now put it in the chat? I do want to, while we're waiting on that, um, there was a comment uh, in the chat when we were talking about polyamorous. And because I have a friend who is polyamorous, he's tried several monogamous relationships in the past, and those have never worked for him. He's now in a polyamorous relationship and very happy. And so is everyone in that relationship. Um, let's see. I think we have a okay question for the group. Okay, do you find that you are attracted to partners who are in similar industries and educational backgrounds as you? So let's start with, let's do Mary, let's do Claire, and let's do Marilyn for this one. 
Um, I would say not really because um, I like balance, but I'm also one of those multi-talented people who has my hands in everything. Um, but I do like balance in my life and, you know, I'm, sometimes I can be so serious. So I, I wouldn't say so. Okay. Marilyn? Yeah. So I just feel that uh, I don't think so. I would not be interested in the person from the same industry just because I feel like there would be some egoistic perspective that would just, you know, creep in that I don't want to uh, have in my kind of relationship. Also, I just feel that if it's from another industry, I get to hear a lot from the other person about what's going on in theirs. And I can, I get to explain about my industry. So that's like a balance, you know, kind of trade off between both industries. And I just feel like, and it also just keeps everything balanced and happy. So I just want to make sure that it is that way. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Claire. I think that, so I'm an achiever and I drive, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. I need somebody that can at least match that. So if you are in the same industry or not, I don't think it matters, but I do need somebody that at least has the same passion and drive for success because otherwise the, I think like what she just said about balance, it mismatches. And then there's a lot of resentment that can come from it. So I don't think industry is necessarily imperative, but I do think at least career ambition does need to be somewhat on the same level. Got it. So I don't notice anybody unless they're funny. So <laughs> you could do whatever you could look. However, if you're not funny, I don't even, I don't even notice. You, so. Yeah. I'll go with Noel on that one too. Yeah. There's, you've had a couple good ones that I would agree with. I need the humor. Yeah, too serious is not fun. It's just too tragic. Yeah. Yeah. You got to match my energy from a humor perspective or my brothers will destroy you too when you get all together like if you can't hold your own and make fun of yourself you will never survive my family <laughs> okay it's a good point though i think energy match is a big one i think when we talk about like the ai and even any of this i think a lot of it does stem from energy and how you feel whether it be like the sexual chemistry or whatnot i think the energy is a humongous part of this whether we oh, have successful God. relationships or not and sometimes our inner compasses do not necessarily guide us in the best way possible but I think if we actually take the time and put the intention towards focusing on what our energy is telling us that that can help set us on the right course awesome. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit how do you feel about a woman that makes more money than you oh that's an interesting one I I the thing is like there are very few women who make more money than me and so it's it's so hard to see like it's really hard to come you know from my perspective, but I don't get intimidated because at a certain level, like money doesn't matter from my perspective. Like, so just give you a perspective. Like, let's say if you're, if you're making 150 and the other person makes 250, how does it even matter? She's just in a higher bracket. She's going to have to pay more taxes. So, <laughs> I mean, so, you know, it's like, so it really doesn't matter. I mean, what matters like at the end of the day is you have to see that person and see like what actually from an intellectual perspective, like how can you come together from like what I call meeting of the minds, you know? And as Noel said, like, you know, for me, sense of humor is very important because I actually, the kind of work I do, I, so I'm in taxes, it's very dry, like, and you really don't meet people, you know, coming back to the same question, like who are not funny at all, like super dry, they have no sense of humor, you know? So imagine like working in that industry you have to find a certain way for things that are important to you, 
for me, like sense of humor is important. Like, even if you are not funny, at least you should be able to take the fun and not be serious about everything all the time. Uh, I mean, fitness is very important to me. So I don't think, so from my perspective, I look at values. There are two or three values that define a person altogether. And that makes it easier. So imagine like, think about this, like you might be going with a person who makes higher value, but it's something that you are not physically attracted to or like has certain behavior traits that you don't like, like for instance, and you can pick it off right off the bat. Like it's rude, uh, like somebody who's rude to waiting staff, you know, like someone, like when you go to a restaurant or somebody who makes snide remarks or like puts you down. And those are things that you can find right away. I mean, do you think someone making extra money would actually enhance your experience? I, I don't think so. So for me, it's like, again, people say it's case by case basis, but I also think you have to look at the personality and not just the money part of it, you know? Okay. Um, I'm, I know Mary has to drop off really quickly, but Mary, can you comment on this question real quick? A man that, a, a, if you make more than a man, what's your, what's your opinion? Oh, that has happened a lot. I mean, but I'm going to try to motivate you so you can make more money so I can spend yours too. But sometimes I think, <laughs> but sometimes I think it doesn't make more money. We can do more things together. Come on. Yeah. And sometimes I think it doesn't matter because I've dated guys who had a lot of money who don't share, but I've dated guys who make, you know, not that much money, but will give me everything. So I think you have to take that into account as well. Okay. But, and also, Tony, doesn't, are we talking also about people who are in a financially, a financially unstable situation? I think that's part of that too. Somebody can be making a certain amount of money. They're financially responsible. They're paying their bills on time and everything versus I think maybe the hard part is being with somebody who's actually financially unstable and, you know, in a dangerous position and that can potentially affect your financial life. That's where I have a problem. Okay. Let me jump to Ricardo on this question. How do you feel if a woman that you're dating makes more money than you? Yeah, um, I, my, my position is always, um, you know, if, if you want to work and I'll, and I'll be the best stay-at-home dad because of PTO <laughs> meetings, I have no problem with that at all. I can raise a band, you know, we can travel and tour the country. Um, I think, yeah, like someone said, we have more money to spend together. So I think in the end, it just benefits both of us. Uh, I, it's not something that intimidates me. Okay. Um, I think though, so, growing up. Can I interject, Tony? Do you think age has anything to do with it? Like, you mm -hmm. know, I, I'm at a point in my life where my kids are a little bit grown. They're they're more independent. I want somebody who, when it's not my week with the kids, that we can go and adventure. We can go and do things. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, I, and so being financially stable really, really at that point matters. You know, I don't want somebody who I'm trying to help build their credit. I, I mean, I don't know. That's such a, such a hard question for me because now I've told myself and I, and I, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but I'm like, I don't want to date blue collar. You know, I, I don't want to date blue collar. Um, and, and I don't mean like, Oh, I'm a gold digger. No, I just, I, I dated blue collar, you know, somebody and the, the hours just didn't match. Um, you know, I, I want, I, I want free weekends and free evenings. And I know, and, and that's not saying, oh, I'm judging you. No, I just, I know as a woman what I want, mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't matter if you make money or not. It's just a matter of the time of making time, putting things, in, you know. Okay, Claire, I see that you were thumbs upping. What What's your uh, take on this? I mean, I'm totally on board with that. I like, like I, I have an older child as well. And so on the weekends that I don't have her, I want to go on adventures and go do the things. And I think that as long as like that jives, whatever that looks like, um, that is definitely where I want to be as well. Like, let's go make some, let's go make some memories. Donovan, 
what yeah, do you and feel? I agree with all of this. Um, just wanted to like, then the question is, how do you define finances? Correct? Like, you know, so we are talking about like, you know, as Tori said, like, I don't want to build credit. Like I want someone who can pay bills right. and like, you know, uh, or one of my friends who says like, when you go to Chipotle, you don't have to think about paying for the guacamole. <laughs> I don't want anybody to take Chipotle. <laughs> okay, Donovan, I want your take on this. A woman that makes more money than you. <clears throat> it, it, it really doesn't matter uh, to me, to be honest with you. Uh, but I want to address a couple of things that uh, some of the other people were saying. Um, man, I've gotten to a point in, in, in my life and realizing some things that just about everything in your life can be fixed if you're willing to fix it. I heard someone talk about, you know, credit, right? Well, I don't want to date someone with poor credit. You know, credit can be fixed. 600 bucks, pay this credit agency, they'll fix your credit. 45 yes, to 60. Right, let me, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. Just let me finish, please. Allow me to finish. Uh, 45 to 60 days, your credit is better, right? Now, here is the key. Are you going to repeat the behavior? Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just allow me to finish, please. And so then the next thing someone talks about blue collar. Okay, well, and that's fine. That you absolutely have that choice. But if that blue collar guy takes care of you emotionally, physically, he takes care of you mentally. Um, and yeah, he may, you know, in Houston or in Texas in oil and gas. I've had to work what's called a DuPont schedule. Uh, some of those guys that you want to date that are white collar, they work five days a week. They have the weekends off. I worked 14 days a month and made 180000 a year. Okay, so we can, <laughs> I, get what, I get what some people are saying, and that's fine. I understand we all have choices, but I would just, I, I want to give you just something else to look at because- Sometimes we get so fixed in some of these traditional things mm -hmm. that we miss that beautiful thing that's right there under our noses. Yeah. And so we just take the time to look at it, man. I, I promise you, um, sometimes you may just have a change of, of, of thought or, or opinion or idea. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, just my two cents. Noel, um, what's your opinion on that? Well, I've done it and, um, you know, it, it, it never caused any challenges or issues. It wasn't something we talked about, but like I mentioned before, our sense of humor was so on point, like it, it was never even a concern. What, what caused a kind of a break in the relationship was though, that he did get into some financial issues where he was laid on his mortgage, stopped paying his mortgage for a little bit, was in it, was going to go into foreclosure and never told me at all. And I was in a good position to help him to be supportive. And it was the whole lying about it part that really challenged me with that. And then we went on, you know, and then I started picking up on other things. There was a lot of these little lies that he wanted to protect me from, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't need protecting. In fact, we're a court team here. We're a partner. If this is going to work, then, you know, everything's on the table. I'm here for everything. Um, so for me, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I don't even think about it though. Um, you know, I, 
to Donovan's point, though, this was an individual, too, who was so caught up. We, it was a long distance, distance relationship. We were about an hour apart. We both have children. Um, he was so caught up on the idea of being a family where we saw each other together way more than we saw each other apart um, that that didn't work for him. Now, we are great friends. We talk all the time. He asked for relationship advice now, which is actually very bizarre. Um, but that was just something that was so important to him. And, you know, I couldn't I couldn't give to him. Okay. We're going to we're going to switch the question. And with this one, I'm going to hit up Toyan and Ricky to start. And then for the men, we're going to jump to Brian and Ricardo, and then we'll kind of play it by ear from there, okay? So here's the question. Um, do you feel colorism is a big part of your community? And if so, how does it, how do you see that colorism affects dating choices within your community? Uh, yes, I would say that I found that colorism is a, is a factor. Um, as a person who's dated in and outside the community, I can say, or the African-American or Black community, it happens outside as well. Um, and I would say, as far as this, when it comes to dating, I will say it, it, it's a big component. I would say, especially for darker Black women. I've been in so many dating groups where a lot of these girls are basically crying and saying, well, I just find it harder to date Black men or just men of other races too because I look a certain way and I feel like I'm not being given a fair shot. So then the dialogue then transitions to, the, well, what do we do about it? And that's where a lot of times, that's where we kind of get stuck. Ricky? Um, growing up in Los Angeles, I was told that I was too dark, my nose was too big, my hair was too nappy. Why, you know, why didn't I have lighter skin with curly hair and hazel eyes? Mm -hmm. And so that really, um, it, 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 I mean, you can imagine what it did to my self-esteem. And then I um, go to Tennessee State to a HBCU and then it turns into, oh my God, you're, you're so gorgeous. Beautiful. And I'm like, I mean, I appreciate it, I needed it. so. Um, I, quite honestly, I haven't seen it. I have not seen it since living in the South, uh, but it is still a huge proponent when you when I go back home to Los Angeles. I even remember um, at Nipsey Hussle's funeral, uh, one of the one of the um, the speakers, one of the rappers, said that in his last words to Nipsey Hussle, he was like, "You know, we we're successful. We finally made it, and we have these pretty light-skinned daughters." And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Why can't we just acknowledge the fact that you guys have daughters and he, you know, you have a responsibility to be fathers to your daughters. So I don't see it here. Um, I think the biggest thing I get is, is you know, I love short hair and um, I've had people say, were well, you gonna grow your hair? And I'm, no, but I haven't really faced that issue here. Now, the minute I step off a plane and, and go home, then yes, I it, it immediately is, you know, why aren't you light skinned? I'm like, because I love being black, so. Yeah, okay, with that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull in some other aspects here because I think we've heard, we've heard kind of the, the black um, a kind of answer to this question. I'm gonna jump outside of the black community and we're gonna touch in the um, Latinx community. And then I'm gonna jump to, um, to Maryland who is um, from Qatar. So that's more of a Middle Eastern region. And, and then um, I'm gonna jump to Ricardo and Bilal to kind of 
give another perspective and then um, I'll come to Donovan and Brian. So I switched it up a little bit. So Story, can you weigh in on the colorism issue? Um, if you see that it's an issue in your communities and how it affects the dating and ideas of beauty. Well, I, in my community there, I, I don't, it's really rare. My my little bubble, like if we're going to talk about a bubble, um, my bubble, we seem to date within our own race. Um, I have yet to date anybody who isn't Hispanic. Um, not a choice. I've, I've, I mean, I've dated, but like have a serious relationship, I guess is what I mean. Um, my serious relationships my entire life have been with a Hispanic male. Um, and then within my community, my bubble, um, at kind of as well. I don't know if it's um, a cultural thing. I, I don't know, but but outside of my bubble, um, just from what I see visually, I don't see, I mean, we, we, I hate the term melting pot because it, you know, we all bring our own individual cultures to the table and they should be represented in, represented equally. Um, so I, we, we have a lot of diversity here in San Antonio. And I do see a lot of couples who are, you know, of multi, races and cultures and I think Tony you and I had talked about I had kind of expressed as like you know who I'm really interested of right and, and I don't mean it again it's just this was girl gab conversation I said I would really love to date an Asian man I am extreme and then we were talking about Asian and I know that that's a broad scope um and so but I don't know if it's cultural. I don't know if if Asian men are attracted to me. I don't know, you know, so I, I don't know. So that's what we were talking about as far as, um, and yet I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I see, I see men of other races, you know, but yeah, Asian men, I don't, I'm a warrior. Marilyn, um, colorism, does it affect your community and standards of beauty and dating choices? Yeah, so, um... I was born and brought up in the Middle East, but I'm actually an Indian by descent. And if you see in India, um, skin complexion is like a big deal. And mm -hmm. when I say it's a big deal, it is because there's a lot of people going around, you know, promoting these beard skin creams or something, facial creams that probably can lighten your skin and all of that. Because dark is not a color that people are ready to accept. I don't know why, which is heartbreaking to me because. I, I feel everybody's beautiful. You light, you're dark, nobody, no, nothing, nothing matters. Appearance is just non-essential when it comes to, you know, personality. Personality is what that should outshine you and not your appearance. But it's just that, I don't know why people live in that kind of zone. So yeah, as, as far as I know, I know a lot of people who have faced those kind of uh, like, you know, uh, questions and problems that they had to face because of it. And when I say appearance, it's not just about color. It's also about how fat you are, how thin you are, how tall, how short. So yeah, it just the list just goes on, you know? So it's, it's not just about skin color or just a few things, but there are a lot of things that people put into, into like, you know, factors that people look for, which is really not that people should be looking into. And like, I think how I really like the way Donovan had set it up, like personality, that when it comes up, you know, you have certain things under your nose that you probably would not be looking into. And those are the things that might matter to you or that can actually form a beautiful relationship, right? But people do not really look into that. And when I have also lived in the Middle East region, and in the Middle East, there's this concept that, you know, it's always the men who's supposed to approach the women. So if you are in the age of marriage, um, if 
And if you are not being approached, then sadly, um, the women have to stay single. So that's how it is in the Middle Eastern region. So if you are not attractive enough, you're not going to get a proposal, you know. And that's just that. There's a lot of women I, I know or probably I know through people that have just stayed home because they were never approached. So, yeah, so these are certain things that I have faced as well. And then I, I really don't agree to it. But, yeah, that exists and we have to live with it. Okay. So, yeah. We're going to jump to the men. So, Ricardo, um, colorism, is it is it an issue in your community? And does it affect beauty standards and dating? Yeah, I, I think um, for, for me, I, I it's not for me. I, I've, I guess I've dated... Um, Someone from every continent besides Antarctica, I guess. Um, but um, but it is a problem in our community. Um, I think it's it's something that that I I try to be an active voice against because y y there is a colorism that exists um, within the Hispanic community, um, and and especially with with the generation before me, um, it's it's very uncommon to see um, someone date outside of the community, and it's not as acceptable. Um, I remember growing up going to family gatherings and, and I would have family that would bring um, a white partner or an African-American partner and it, every, everyone would just look at them and ostracize them because they were trying to, you know, leave the, the culture or leave the community. And I, I, I'm a voice against that. I think, you know, we should look at people and, um, and everything else that, that follows them is, is what we should consider. Um, but it is a problem, and I and I think that as we have these conversations, we're we're really starting to change that, and we're allowing you know the melting pot to sort of unravel before our eyes. So it's really interesting to see. Awesome, um, and and Christy, she she has to jump in a few minutes. But coming from a Black Caribbean um, or a Black Caribbean, mm -hmm. okay, Black that's right. Um, background. What? How does colorism play into to your community? Oh my God, it's, it's a huge thing. Growing up in Haiti, um, being of a darker skin complexion, you are not the one people necessarily wanted or um, appreciated. Um, so certainly that affected it. The lighter skin you are, the better curly hair, um, hazel eyes, the whole thing. And then when I moved to Canada, it was completely different. Montreal is such a melting pot. Everybody's mixed. And that's when I, for me, my sense of self, my sense of confidence kind of grew a little bit more, although I didn't necessarily have low self-confidence, but I would say that I knew I was not part of the top tier that was wanted. Now, fast forward to now, I would say, I don't know if it's, a, there has to be a mind, mindset shift change as well, because now I so happen to always be in an area where, where I'm the one that they want. I don't know if it's a mindset, right? I attract that. People love me for my skin color, my hair, the fact that I'm natural and all of that. So I think, yes, the move has has helped moving um, to a different space, but I also think is the mindset. Once you decide to not subscribe to something, then you can't, you, you can let it go. And then you start attracting um, other things because there's so many men out there who actually love dark skinned women. They love it. And I think, now I'm just not attracted to men who don't like me anyway. <laughs> so it's like, uh, 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 <laughs> so yeah, I would say definitely the mindset shift. I say, I say, do you not subscribing to what's going on? Because there's so many other people, even in Haiti, I know for a fact that there's so many men out there. Now, when I go back to Haiti, oh my God, I'm like this gem. People want it, right? But I think that's what it is. It's just, I view myself differently and I carry myself differently and I refuse to subscribe to 
what the you know what the 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 the, the culture the habitual culture is and yeah so yeah. it's not a concern to me for me at all Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to jump to Belil for this same question. Um, colorism. Is it an issue in your community and does it affect beauty standards and dating choices? I guess to look at like what we have discussed. So from all the people. So if we say that colorism does not affect my community, it affects every community. Just It's just a default. By, uh, that's why we have tribalism in this world. You know, so I mean, that's not the question. So you are asking about two things, correct? what the what does the community do and what is an individual do okay so, so let me yeah at, at the root of the question what i'm asking because colorism is a problem in the darker communities so i don't see and um noel um claire jump in here for me i don't see colorism as an issue in maybe the lighter or the caucasian communities because i, I think it is you just if you haven't come across i mean i've gone across like so many communities and met with so many people in my lifetime like i think it's a it's a it's uh it has become it's always been an issue the thing the reason it's becoming less and less is as people are opening up because of technology and you get to meet different kind of people it's becoming easier to meet people who are not that way okay let me let claire jump weigh in on this for just a little bit for a different perspective I agree with that. I think technology i think and I'll just say I agree with the technology component and the whole like the idea of the whole pandemic kind of opened up the entire world for all of us to be right at each other's fingertips and through social media and thinking about just the way that we can collaborate. I even look at it through like a work dynamic. We've had so much more access to people than we ever have in the past. And I don't know from that. I don't I jump to I don't date within my own race. I go about I don't know throughout the things, but also where where I live is a very unique, like even my daughter, she is like, she's one of like two or three white girls in her, in her class. Like, it's just, we have a big, I guess we could say it's melting pot, but it's not like your standard. I don't know. It's, it's, we live yeah, for Iowa. So, I mean, you've got a lot of different demographics here. And I think that helps too, where like my across the street neighbors are from Russia. So we get a lot of different, I don't know, perspectives within our own I don't know, radius, but then also I think that it's really helpful with technology and being able to have access to people all over the all over the world. Okay, let me hop to Noel real quick. And and the, and the question or the topic, and then Bilal, we're gonna jump back to you to finish this. It's more so colorism. When And when I talk about colorism, it's within this one certain ethnic group or cultural group, whatever you want, there are different colors of people. You know, there's like on the lighter spectrum and then there's on the darker spectrum. So do you, is that even an, a, a thing in kind of your community? Well, I am a, I'm Italian. And so um, you, <laughs> we tend to be on the darker side of, of the whites, you know, and, um, but I have to say that I don't think as the younger generations and my brothers are younger than me. And, you know, I, I'm definitely a little older than I, than I look hopefully, um, or older than I look, that's what I should say. It's, it's the reaction and, um, kind of the influence that older generations have had on, um, the kind of the early stages of dating, like even just being a child and what the, the, you know, you're unconsciously what you're thinking of as what the reaction is going to 
be, if you, even for me to bring home a non-Italian, to bring home somebody who didn't have a vowel at the end of their last name was one of the first things that was, you know, talked about, right? So there was a lot of other things. I, um, you know, now as we've gotten older and I, I grew up in kind of a diverse town, um, the grandparents can't say that much because they've had experience from 12 grandchildren that, you know, really defied, I think, what their traditional sense of what they thought we were going to bring home. Now, none of us, uh, I mean, I, I have a vow at the end of my last name, thanks to my, my partner, but, or my former husband, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not the same as like when I was 12 and what the reaction was to who I was drawing pictures with as my new, my new boyfriend. So. Okay, Bilal, I'll let you finish. You were making a point and then I'm going to hop to Donovan on this colorism question and then Brian. So, I mean, so what I wanted to, and this is a very small point, I always believe that there's something like what I believe is like familiar, familiarity breeds complacency. So it's like whatever you're familiar with, like you just, human behavior is so lazy, you don't go outside just because it's so much easier. So imagine like for me, it's easier to go with like a South Asian versus like, you know, a black person going with like a black woman, you know, it's so much easier. So like just being familiar with something, like think about it, it's like how many times do you try and try to eat food from different culture? You really have to pull yourself and go, you know, find like and try new food. Once you become familiar with it, then you're open to it, correct? But think about that one time, like I'll give you an example. It took me so long to figure out sushi. Like I didn't start eating sushi until like way late in my life, you know? And so it's like, but once I tried and I was like, wow, this is so good. Like now I try and eat sushi when I can, you know? So it's like, first you have to, there's this whole, what I call, and this is an interesting thing. You should like look at like when a plane breaks the sound barrier, you see this halo, okay? And so it's like you, it's kind of like breaking the sound barrier. It's like that point where you, you make that shift is very important. And so we as people individually should be open to like, you know, new cultures or like new people because the society will always bring you back to what they feel is the right thing. Like society means like whatever is around you, you know, or the community. So I wouldn't like, so if you're saying like uh, community and colorism, I think it's kind of a wrong question to ask because every community has colorism. It's like, it's just across the board, it's universal. But then the question comes down to individual, like, am I be the person who's gonna be doing the colorism? And that's where you need to well, answer. How I'm, gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on this. I, I'm gonna disagree because being a darker skinned person in a community, I experienced colorism. And what that means to me is, there is a standard of beauty that is set by the majority that says the lighter you are, the less African features that you have, you are considered more beautiful. Where is that played out? That's played out in TV. That's played sure. out in on magazines. That you know, music. But that's a different question. But I agree. That's, that's a different question. question but that's yeah. my question. So, yeah. so that's my question to you: yeah. Is does that? Is that in your community and does that affect your dating choices and your No, it doesn't affect my So again, okay. it's a community thing, correct? Yes, so for community, right. yes, the community forces. And that's not just my community, that's every community. Does it affect my, no, that does not because I found ways and I have frameworks for myself that it doesn't affect me. 
Okay. So but you that's as a whole different question though. Yeah. Right. But you as a person, it doesn't affect, but in yeah. your greater community, is there a standard of beauty that says Yes, yeah, absolutely. And it's always and yeah, and absolutely. And it comes down to the lighter skin, like you know, or skin, I guess, you know. That's but, very then, true. Yes. From a community I, perspective, yes, it is. Okay. Can I touch Tony? You're talking about um from our community perspective, right? Correct. And so um like I, I, and you're talking about the difference between you're asking for opinion on lighter skin, you know, versus. So when I answered my question, I took it as how you and how you asked the question in my bubble, and I'm only speaking for my bubble. Yes. Um, because it's not an issue, we then have sub issues of. Are you dating me because I'm chubby? Like my, my, I'm talking about my bubble. Mm-hmm. I have to worry about people who are chasing because now to be thick is in. And I'm like, I you know, so that's another thing that we're looking at. We're looking at, you know, you're breaking up ta- your things, looking at that. Are you, are you looking at people like that for a fetish uh, or is it cool to date a, a skinny person, a chubby, you know, my culture, we want to feed you. I, that's, you know, necesitas comida, necesitas comer. Here, let me feed you. And so if you come in and you bring somebody who's skinny, you're like, you know, so it, it goes, it goes into other things like that. So to answer your question and to give you a God honest answer, that's not, no. And and I'm sorry that it is that way, but in my culture, colorism doesn't play. um, I mean, not culture in my little bubble, it it hasn't played, but then you break it down. Like I said, into those subcategories of, oh, I don't like, you know, you're picking into standardized Western beauty and what we're supposed to look at, whether rather than the person and, you know, things like getting to know the person and their personalities. Okay, let me hit let me hit Donovan and Brian on this question and then um, we'll probably close it out. But l- let's go ahead and get your take on colorism, Donovan. And does it affect your community and does it affect the beauty standards and choices in dating? Uh, man, being a black man growing up in these United States um, and look at it from a global perspective, um, name one culture on this earth that does not uh, hold a fair skin, a lighter skin person higher. Um, I, I don't know of any culture that doesn't, right? Um, but more, moreover, uh, just being here in these in these United States in the South, um, man, <laughs> just just black folks. Period. Uh, we we're now starting to to understand. Maybe you know, within the last decade or so, maybe even longer than that. Um, you know, we're starting to to break down and destroy uh, the Eurocentric um, standard of beauty. Um, and you can see it in entertainment, you can see it um, in all aspects of life. And so, you know, may it be, um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for what Italians do. I can't speak what, for what Hispanics do. I can only speak for what black folks do. And that's, that's from my point of reference. And so um, right now it's a beautiful thing for me and my children to see um, so many of people that look like me um, being lifted into uh, uh, positions of authority. Now, uh, and I think once that happens, uh, I think then you will see uh, that same thing resonate um, um, through other communities, mm-hmm. um, being representatives being lifted to uh, uh, p- positions of power. And, and then we'll start to get some form of man uh, of what, you may determine to be uh, equality, um, but at the end of the day, you, you know when 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 the proverbial shit hits the fan, you're going to go with what um, what you're familiar with, and most of us are familiar with what what we see in the mirror, 
and let's just be honest with it. And so uh, I think Bilal said something. You have to once he once he tried sushi, he realized, oh, it's not that bad. You know, once once that Italian tries that Asian, he's not that bad. Or the Hispanic tries that, I don't know, that African, he's not that bad. But so um, we do have to stretch ourselves at times um, to realize that other things may not necessarily be that bad. It goes back to right there under your nose, right? Got it. Okay, Brian, from your perspective, you're coming from an African, truly African and American perspective, having Nigerian uh, parents. So is colorism uh, an issue in, in your communities and does it affect beauty standards and, uh, and dating choices for you? Um, most definitely does affect the um, Nigerian culture. Like every, every, Nigerian, every Nigerian event I've, I've ever been to, um, usually the husband is, uh, darker than the wife. So, I mean, yeah, the husband is darker than the wife. So, um, Nigerian men tend to prefer lighter women, but actually I think that kind of plays into colonialism, colonialism and they're like the white standard of beauty. So like, and that's kind of like went around like in other cultures too, as well. Um, me personally, um, it doesn't really matter actually growing up um <laughs> y'all say like oh african booty scratcher all your dark stuff like that you know um and then like i've met guys too who are like oh they don't want to date uh someone darker than them um or like because like the kids are going to come out like charcoal you know which is kind of absurd to think but um uh yes um most, most definitely does affect the uh, nigerian culture but i think that's just really um more of a, a like an older generation thing really because um people my age i'm 24 um they don't they don't really care um i mo the ones that i've seen they were actually like black americans who were saying uh they they wouldn't like date you know women darker than them so they wouldn't date like a black girl or a black girl that's darker than them so. tony can i just add one more thing um as I was listening to everyone uh, talk about their experiences, I, I remember um, just growing up thinking about how when I would see a picture of myself and um, I, I would think, oh, my God, I look too dark. I've been in the sun too long. And I remember I would hear my mom tell my dad, like, you're too dark. You've, you've been in the sun. And so in our community, it's a sign of you're working too hard or you're not taking care of yourself. And, and I think it's interesting to hear everyone talk about it because, you know, it's, it's a reflection of what we see. And on TV, you know, our, our representation is, is lighter Latinos. And so it's something that, that has to be, for me, it's been a conscious decision um, that I have to not consider those things, but um, it's, it does exist. And, and it's something that I actually experienced personally growing up. And, and it's, it's interesting to, to know that other people, I mean, I guess that I, at the time I didn't know there was a word for it, but I know now that's what it is. Awesome. Everyone, uh, can I add one more thing? Oh, go ahead, uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I was saying, like I was saying, like as I was younger, it was just like, oh, people don't want to date dark people, but it's kind of like the flip side now. At least in my case, um, like the the women that I have engaged, like they always they say they want a darker men. Um, but yeah, that's a little thing, a little tidbit. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for like weighing in and, and bringing your honest self. I think this was an awesome panel. Um, I, 
I hope everyone felt that there was some equity in, in being able to, to speak and give your opinion. Um, we're gonna have to do this again, you know, because there are so many other topics that we can um, discuss and explore and you guys are lively. Like, like, like this was awesome. Are there any closing comments from the panel? And then I'm gonna ask if there are any closing comments from the audience. Noelle, yes, ma'am. Not related to this, but you mentioned the website. I'm gonna mention LinkedIn. If you all go and follow Corporate Coffee on LinkedIn and share Tony's posts um, and events, that would be really helpful as well. Thank you. Panelists, anything else? I like the questions you asked, Tony. I'm, we didn't get to know about any of these in advance. And I think that they were very thought provoking because a lot of these things I haven't considered before. So Thank thanks. Hey, real quick, uh, once again, hey, thanks, Tony. I, I absolutely appreciate uh, the invitation. Um, this is, um, I believe your questions, you know, like uh, Claire just said, um, are thought provoking. I think, um, uh, man, once we, um, uh, we, we have an open mind and, and able to hear from different perspectives. Um, I think that, um, you know, we'll definitely uh, be able to carry those out into our personal lives and maybe look at people a little differently. Uh, and now, man, yeah, this is, this is actually pretty cool. I like it. like it a lot. We're going to do it again. Any other? I'm here for it. Hey, <laughs> panelists, any, anything else from the panelists? All right. Broader audience, you can feel free to unmute yourself and provide any uh, closing comments. So this was definitely thought provoking like everyone else was saying and definitely being able to get a wider view. And I absolutely love the participants that we have on here and the panelists. Um, thank you guys for everything. Thank you, Tony, for, for bringing this to light. And I'm definitely looking forward to, to the next one. If you guys would have seen me, I was kicking my head back and laughing too with, with everyone. So this was definitely awesome. Thank you so much. I see David, um, David Morris, you're on. Um, from a male perspective, can you, can, any closing comments? Um, can you hear me? We can. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, I just want to say, you know, I really enjoyed listening to the panelists and listening to a different perspectives because I don't get that a lot. Um, as a as a person who has um, dated black and Hispanic, I have children with both and I'm raising a half Hispanic son who lives with me at the time. You know, I got a lot of perspective on what people think about that. You know, um, so I think this was an awesome, awesome panel. It's an awesome thing to do. I look forward to being a part of it or, or being involved with it in the future. Thank you so much. Well, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend. Um, being single, you know, we can spread this out to meet, just mean spending this with someone that you love. And I know that we have people in our lives that uh, we love and that love us. So we will do this again. Uh, happy Valentine's Day weekend. And thanks again, guys. Awesome. You guys did fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you.